What's up, Evan? Welcome back to the America's Pastime Podcast, Season 1, Episode 120. Jeremy here with Mike and Travis. And we're going to take a little bit of a break from our Top 5 Right Now series. Go back and check out yesterday's episode, Season 1, Episode 119, where we took you through the Top 5 Left Fielders right now. But in this episode, we're going to go off into a fun little topic. And that will be why MLB teams should invest in Europe and beyond. So the first question is, why Europe specifically? And the reasoning behind this, the rationale is, if you look, according to the Washington Post, uh, from an article from 2019, the average height for an MLB starting pitcher is six foot three. And that's from 2019. And I'm sure that has increased slightly since then over the last two seasons in terms of that number. The average, the, the top 19 countries in average height, average male height are all European countries. And what I'm insinuating is that maybe there are naturally gifted or talented athletes in Europe that are being, that are untapped, that there are, there are potentially six foot three, six foot four, six foot five pitchers who are, who have the body type and have the athleticism and, and then I guess this is where I, you know, Mike and Travis as pitchers yourselves, you can, you can speak to this. What sorts of qualities make a pitcher, make a pitcher um, click? What, what qualities make a pitcher elite versus another pitcher? That's, that's something, I guess I'll go to Mike here first. What do you, what do you say to that? This whole idea in general? Yeah, no, uh, Definitely when you mentioned like the average height of like a player, pitchers typically just all taller. Pitchers that are just in like a larger build have like larger extensions. They usually have more power. You typically, when you see pitchers with like a smaller frame, uh, like a modern day example is people always pick at like Marcus Stroman and they think that like his, like him being durable or him being effective and because of his size is like a, a huge factor. And because of that, you really don't see a lot of dominant pitchers even below like, you know, six foot in general. Yeah. So um, when you look at pitchers, there's a few things you want to look at. Um, I mean, height's a, a key thing. You guys touched on that. The reason height's so important and so valued is because the mound's 60 feet away, right? If you have a guy who's got you know, a six and a half foot stride. He's not throwing the ball from 60 feet anymore. He's throwing the ball from 64 or 54 and a half feet. So there's an increased perceived velocity, which can make pitches look faster, right? It, he might only be throwing the ball 95 miles an hour, but if he's throwing the ball from, you know, 53, 54 feet away instead of 60 or whatever, right? The ball looks like it's coming in faster. Um, there's that. Um, another key thing is trunk rotation, um, and hip shoulder separation. That's another thing, um, that really all burns, boils down to, um, just being an athlete in general and being good, having good flexibility. The reason a guy like Mike or Mark, Marcus Stroman is such a good pitcher is because he's quick. Um, he's got good drift down the mound. He moves down the mound really well, but he can also keep, um, different things from firing until, he reaches certain checkpoints. Um, like if you watch footage of Mar Marcus Stroman, nothing really moves or starts firing until his front foot hits the ground. And that's a really key thing for keeping your momentum and everything coiled. 
Um, so I think, again, that really boils down to being an athlete. So height's obviously a big thing, but you also want guys who know how to move, can control their movement, and can be quick with it and really have a good understanding of their body. And then that's just the physical part. There's also the mental part too. Um, I mean, if you're yeah. talking about an elite pitcher who has a chance to play you know, at a professional level, which is what we're talking about, obviously they have to understand the game of baseball. Um, but not only that, they also know how to they have to know how to pitch and they have to know how to pitch according to their strengths and weaknesses. If they throw really hard, then they have to adjust how they pitch based off that. If they don't throw hard, but they have to break, they have to know how to pitch really well. They have to know what pitch to throw and what count. They have to know where to locate the ball. They have to know how to locate the ball and different things like that. So I think the mental aspect um, is very key, especially when we're talking about, um, you know, other parts of the world. You have to get have guys who are smart too, right? Um, they can't just be physically talented. They also have to be mentally or, you know, I don't want to say academically because you can be smart in baseball and not do well in school, but yeah, there's like a baseball IQ in general. Right. You have yeah. to have high baseball IQ um, and specifically pitching IQ, right? Um, you know, the NFL is looking at, you know, the rugby players in, you know, all over Europe and, and, and the UK and everything like that um, because they're massive guys who could be good running backs. But the reason a lot of them don't work out is because they don't have football IQ. So they have the physical aspect, but they don't have the mental aspect. And the mental aspect is key. So you have to have somebody who really understands baseball and knows how to pitch. I think that's the biggest thing because finding athletes isn't hard. It's finding athletes who know how to play in your sport, how to deal with the mental side um, and just understand what to do in every sort of situation that's thrown at them. That's key. Yeah. I mean, Jeremy, do you want me to give you kind of like a rundown of like kind of the important things I've, I feel like teams kind of look for, especially in pitchers? Yeah, sure. So, so the, the biggest thing, I guess, I guess I'm trying to connect it the best I can to this topic at hand, but the first thing, obviously, is pitch velocity. In this modern day age, like really, like right now, 90 miles per hour, especially for the young guys coming up, is like the cutoff. If you can't really prove that you can like reach that point, like there's, there's teams, don't, I don't think we're going to look into you as much because if you're not even hitting 90, like what else can you develop into at that point? And typically, like a bigger pitcher is because, like Travis mentioned, it's more torque, more power. Like, although you typically can throw harder, like the ability for you to throw harder is easier than that of a smaller person just because of the, of the energy you create. And then on top of that, it's just consistent velocity. You know, um, for me, pitching, you know, I don't have like, you know, a cannon, but by any means, but like what I, what I do uh, do well is that I can pitch in the first inning and hit whatever I'm hitting, and I can still reach that 90 pitches in. Like when you, you want to be able to like sustain that and you do that through just through mechanics and I guess repeat, uh, repeatability too. like uh, teams itself. I, I, I think that we're going to look for guys that can just show a very efficient, easily repeatable mechanics. Um, when you do that, it just shows um, like when it's effective. So, and you won't break down after you pitch like a, like a large workload. Um, it's like being insanely competitive, uh, having command and control, like uh, just simple things like that. Are, I think uh, are physically are important. And on the mental side of things, uh, Travis really um, touch upon them, but definitely you have to be very analytical. You have to like um, be like, I threw this pitch, and this is a result of what happened, or I missed my spot because my mechanics did this. Like you have to be 
very on the fly and just kind of pick up on small things that you're doing with your body and it's the results of the pitches that you're throwing. Uh, like to be the more observant, the better, really. Um, I guess a little bit of arrogance, like too. Like you have to be just like confident, arrogant. Like you have to just think that you're constantly gonna beat that guy. Like you have to kind of see what they're doing and kind of poke holes in what they're doing and just constantly think that you're gonna do like get the job done. Um, and that kind of gets into like just being like unfazed too. And that kind of ties in with the confidence. Like you're you're not gonna be perfect all the time. You're gonna get beat. There are going to be situations where you're going to have to, you know, face, um, like, you know, you, you have, like, the bases loaded with, uh, like, their three or four hitter up. Like, you have to kind of lock in and be like, okay, like, yeah, those guys got on. Yeah, maybe my second baseman botched a play that would have gotten me out of this inning. But you have to really just lock in right then, like, stay calm and just kind of just think through each and everything. And that also – um, I guess more on a professional uh, sense is just kind of disconnecting yourself entirely from uh, like, like just being phased. And that's where the mental toughness comes in. Cause like, again, there are going to be games when you go out there and you can get like your, your uh, teeth kicked in and you can't just dwell on it. You have to just kind of um, like see what went wrong. Uh, and that's ties back to the analytical side of things. And you have to be back and ready to go like five days from now when they need you going again. Yeah, so I think you guys <clears throat> made some great points about what makes a pitcher and, and the qualities that, that they need. And just, just going off of that, you know, there are other leagues, the NBA, for example, the NFL, that have a lot greater initiatives in Europe and beyond to try and look for new sources of talent. MLB has started to make that effort within Europe. We saw them have those games in London between the Yankees and the Red Sox. And there were set to be games in 2020 between the Cardinals and the Cubs that of course were canceled because of the shortened season. So there has been a bit of an effort there, but besides that, I think that MLB as a whole can take a lot greater initiative to try and get kids in Europe into baseball, playing baseball. And from there, uh, once they, once they truly have a love for baseball, then the athletes will show themselves, the competitors will show themselves. Now, in the UK, there has been a pretty solid initiative to play baseball. There are leagues there. Playing baseball is not that out of the norm in the UK, and there are UK baseball fans. So that is happening there. But when I'm saying they're, you know, the top 19 countries in average height are in Europe, the UK doesn't even rank in those. I'm talking about, you know, the Netherlands, for example, notoriously notoriously the, the top country in terms of average height. Uh, I know there, there were initiatives back in 2014 to potentially uh, create stadiums to host MLB games, and, and none of that has really come to fruition. So my question is, is the cost versus benefit enough for MLB teams to truly, let's say, open an academy in the Netherlands and start bringing in athletes of other sports for tryouts where those players will already have that competitive edge to them. And maybe they know about baseball, maybe they're interested in it. They have that body type that we're talking about. And out of those, however many athletes that try out, we're able to get a handful of potential bona fide pitchers. What, what do you guys think about that idea? Going to you, Travis, again. Um, in terms of cost versus benefit, I think on the cost side, 
I, I think they have they have a relationship, right? The more money you put in, I think the more benefits you're going to get. If you want to do a million dollar arm approach to it, where you have three guys who go to India and just do a little tour around, and hopefully find you know a few guys that they can bring back to America, you know that's obviously pretty cheap, um, and you're going to get a few guys. But if you want to start creating teams and like having hundreds of guys getting pumped into America. I think you're going to have to put a lot more money in the issue with right now. Like if you were to just open a baseball Academy right now, I don't think it would do very well. And obviously I, I think the cost versus benefit wouldn't work um, just because, or there'd be a lot of cost and little benefit just because soccer is so big there. Um, and everybody wants to be a, a soccer star or a football star, whatever you prefer, whatever term you prefer. Um, and I, I just don't think baseball has that much appeal. Obviously, there are leagues and there are guys who play it. I just, I think you need to build up a little bit more excitement and you need to have those baseball games there. You need to get more people interested in the sport and playing the sport, especially at a young age. Like you need to target kids who are really young, who, you know, may have been introduced to soccer, but haven't exactly fallen in love with it yet. Like maybe guys our age in Europe have. Um, I think that's really key to target the young age and really like in, try and infuse baseball as much as you can into their culture. And then you can start opening something up like that. Um, if baseball is already in their culture, I think the cost versus benefit, like I think you, you get a pretty, a pretty decent return on your investment. Um, but as of right now, I think if you were to do something like that, I, I don't think it would work. I think you need to do it in steps. Um, is what I'm thinking. I'm not exactly sure if that answers your question, um, but I just think right now, I don't think you'd get a very good return on your investment, if that makes sense. Uh, for me, I'm, just, I'm trying to think of, yeah, I, I, in terms of like an academy, I also, I'm not sure of how successful that will be, but I'm just trying to think of just like smaller ways to, like, to do things. Like, um, and the first way I'm thinking too, just off of social media too, I think maybe if you just like make it aware, like somehow like through like the social media, you know, I think MLB and other people have big followings. Like maybe you can make even start by making it known that like maybe like teams or a team is going to be sending certain people to a certain country and uh, like players and athletes, or whatever that have like an actual interest in baseball that are kind of like, of that age where they can start playing at like an elite level or professional level can almost like come to them in a sense. And they can do that too, by just bringing people, the current major league baseball players that are from that uh, nation. I know he's not a pitcher, but you mentioned the Netherlands. Like I know like Didi uh, Gregorius, like, um, like I'm sure to a degree, like um, he's probably very like famous back in the Netherlands, especially for him being, you know, uh, like the uh, currently the only Netherlands uh, baseball player. So like maybe you have him be like an ambassador to it as well, and that can help spread it to the younger people. Cause it's I think the the, the countries, especially in Europe, that don't have like the, the baseball culture in them, is gonna be very hard or a slow process for like you know the kids and to like you know the, get interested in baseball and then stick with it long enough to actually get to the point uh, where there'd be like of like a prospect ranking. And that's why at least to start, it's it's something where they can go there and do figure out some type of way just to have uh, like people who have, you know, baseball experiences, uh, a baseball experience and like a passion for the game 
and maybe they, it's kind of like a start from there. It necessarily even not even a pitcher. I mean, maybe this whole thing we're talking about can apply just for baseball players and baseball talent in general. Yeah, and another thing, uh, the translation of skills from other sports. Cricket really does come to mind. Travis mentioned the million dollar arm competition and and what happened where the where certain teams since I think it was the Pirates actually sent scouts to India. They pretty much traversed around the country looking at uh, cricket players and, and, and other athletes and seeing if they, how hard they could throw the ball and, and just scouting them in general. And they were able to bring back a few athletes. I don't think any of them have ever gotten to the big leagues, but at the very least to produce some minor league farm talent, I think is more or less a success from that venture. And I think, Doing that in other countries is something that that's certainly possible to do right now. Even if, as, as we're talking about, that baseball culture is not established. You know, South Africa, gifting Gape from the Pirates as well. That's another one. I think the Pirates, maybe they're the leaders in this field of going to abnormal baseball places and acquiring talent, um, you know, to be able to acquire a pretty highly regarded prospect from South Africa. Uh, potentially from a cricket background that, that, that shows that it is possible to do. I also think another untapped place, another uh, untapped, untapped potential as well could be China, uh, you know, for such a, a place with such a large population and they are avid sports fans there. We've seen how the NBA can have an impact on China, not far from the Pacific rim where there is a huge baseball presence. It's not, too far out of the question for an impact to be made there as well. So I think going back to what you guys said, it's going to take more so of an overhaul. That's going to take a number of years to be able to build a baseball culture and the world baseball classic is one way and not having yeah. that the past couple of years because of COVID has adversely affected that initiative. I also think the game is being canceled in London between the Cardinals and Cubs. That also hurt it. COVID has definitely hurt those efforts over the last couple of years and set it back for a number of years. Yeah, and I mean, you, you always mention these guys that are kind of coming up through the system. It really only takes one actual success, like big success story that can really, you know, like spark the whole thing um, starting. You see, like, even with like Shohei Otani coming over um, from Japan, especially him being like a two-way player, like this, that massive success, like he took over the baseball world. And, like, I think it would be foolish to think that he didn't have any, like, resounding effect, impact on the baseball and, like, baseball history at this point. Like, he, like, what he did last year is, like, nothing short of remarkable. And I'm, I'm sure it inspired, like, a whole slew of young kids to even, like, do, be, like, a two-way player or just, like, players in overseas, like, thinking they can come over and be a success story. You know, you see even, like, a player like Ichiro in the early 2000s. Like, like you have these people like that that just kind of come over from, um, like overseas come from even like, like a baseball background where like uh, they're coming from like a tougher league and people are kind of like uh, skeptical of like, like how they're translate. But like once it's shown that it is possible that I think that will inspire like so many more people. Absolutely. And you're totally right with just saying like, you know, all, all you need is one, you need one European. Like, I don't think it, maybe the country, matters um but i think if you could just get one guy from the uk to come and be not even like 
crack the show, but just be a highly regarded prospect. Um, I think that would be enough to get interest. But if he could become, you know, a Tawny superstar, I think that's enough to make, you know, turn heads in the UK and be like, you know, we're good at this too. Like, wow. Because I think the reason they don't play baseball is just because football is A, so big and B, they just are good at it. Right. So why play baseball if we're all just good at soccer? Um, so I think if you can show that they can also be good at baseball, um, that would be really huge for gathering interest as well. You're totally right, Mike. Yeah. And I, I think another issue is that you have these other leagues, such as the NBA um, and basketball in general, and then also the NFL and even the NHL to an extent that are taking up that space for baseball, where if you're a kid and you already have your sports in your country, soccer and, and maybe rugby, cricket, whatever other niche sports, and then you also have the NFL making a hard push. They play games in, in the UK every year and they have a, a European NFL initiative. At least they had one a few years back. Uh, and then the NBA, to even a greater extent, you consistently have European players going to the NBA to be superstars. And that certainly has inspired kids in these countries to take up basketball, maybe when they wouldn't have before. There's only so much room. There's only so many sports that these kids can play. So it's really, again, it, it has to be a, I don't even know if a single team can make that initiative. It has to be a league wide initiative, in my opinion. And, and beyond that, as I mentioned, the world baseball classic is the space to really push that initiative. And it was such a success in 2017. It really is a disappointment that it couldn't have been played last season. So going forward, that maybe is the place to at least get a start and, and start to build a cult of personality with some of the superstars from these countries, such as Aditi Gregorius. Absolutely. And I think you can use guys like, you know, you've mentioned Didi Gregorius uh, a few times already. I think you can use guys from these countries who have already been success stories and kind of push them and, um, you know, really market them as like, this is what's happened because I don't know, Didi Gregorius has been in the league. I'm not from the Netherlands. I'm not Dutch. I don't really know how much of an impact or if a lot of people know who he is. Um, so I think, but this could also be an opportunity for these guys to really um, be marketed and, and, you know, push this sport. Uh, Cause I know that's, that's what happens in, in Cuba and, and kind of some of the central uh, American countries that are, but they're already in baseball or into baseball. Right. So I think if you could kind of do that to a similar extent in a European country with a guy like Didi Gregorius, who's already an established um, Dutch baseball player, I think that would be really huge for marketing as well. So then I guess the question is, should MLB invest in Europe and how should they do that? And I think the answer to that question is invest on it on a large scale first. I think teams attempting to go and establish academies, like we're saying, or, or similar initiatives probably wouldn't reap many benefits at this current moment, but having Major League Baseball continue to play games in Europe, continue to have the World Baseball Classic with players who have origins 
from other countries, go to play for those countries despite being U.S. citizens. I think things like that and personal initiatives from players to become a brand on the national stage in their home countries will go a long way. And most importantly, I, I just think that the World Baseball Classic, that needs to be played uh, on a consistent basis going forward. And hopefully that does return sometime soon. Yeah, for sure. It'd be really cool to get something like the World Baseball Classic back. Um, I think also it would be really cool to see MLB teams do sort of what you did um, before this podcast, where you just looked at certain things like height, transferable skills, different things like that, but on a really deep dive, um, you know, level, right? Like actually hire a firm or like bring people in for on a contract for like two years or something just to do like a deep dive into certain regions um, with high potential for transferable skills, just to see if the talent is actually there. Right. Cause it's one thing to say there's a ton of tall people in Europe, but if all they have is height, right. It's like that, you know, any tall person can play basketball. No, you have to have a lot more than just height to play basketball. Yes. Height is important, but it's not the only thing that you need. Right. So you know, if we just have a ton of tall people in Europe who can't play baseball, right, it's kind of pointless. But if there's potential there, I think um, it's definitely worth looking um, for sure, because I don't think you can completely say that, you know, there is no baseball talent in Europe at all. Um, I, I think, you know, you might end up having a similar situation with Million Dollar Arm where, you know, best case scenario, you end up with Shohei Otani or the European version of him. Um, maybe not to Shohei Otani's extent, but you end up with a European superstar. Um, worst case scenario, you end up with, you know, million dollar arm situation where you get a guy, guys who are good enough to play in the minor leagues for a few years, but aren't good enough to hit the major league level. And if I could make a guess right now, I would imagine that's where a lot of the guys you would pull from Europe would fall just because I think the mental aspect is huge. Um, usually the difference between guys at the major league level and guys in double AA, A, triple A, a lot of it is mental. It's not actually physical. The physical difference isn't, you know, that massive to keep them down. A lot of it's the mental aspect. And, you know, for pitchers, especially, it's just knowing, and, you know, Mike and I touched on this at the beginning of the podcast, it's just knowing what to do in certain situations and making the right call, right? Like knowing how to pitch. And I think the issue with a lot of those European countries is baseball isn't as big as it is in the States or even in Canada. So you don't have guys who are playing baseball all the time and they're unfused in this baseball culture. So I think the mental aspect might be lacking for them and that's their disadvantage. But um, I definitely think it's worth a look because I definitely agree that there is potential there. And I think there is professional baseball potential in Europe. So I think it is worth a look. And I mean, you know, um, I, I don't think teams can, will, can or will sit there and, you know, like you said, let the other three major uh, American sport leagues dominate the global market and kind of just let baseball sit back and take over North America plus like Central America, I guess. Um, so yeah, I, I, I definitely think they, they can and should. Um, I agree with you for sure. Another thing I forgot to mention, the Olympics uh, this past summer, the Tokyo Olympics. Um, I don't think baseball, the, the, I don't think, yeah, the baseball aspect of the Olympics was 
marketed well at all. Uh, It was kind of irrelevant. And therein lies the issue where despite baseball returning to the Olympics, it was for them. You didn't have pro players playing in it. And um, yeah, it was, it was just kind of irrelevant to, to, to be quite honest, unfortunately Um, it was still, it was still nice to see, nice to see that it was happening, but it was more so a side note, a sidebar for baseball. It needs to be the main thing. And maybe that means when you have the Olympics every four years, you put aside the season for three weeks to a month in those years. And you maybe have a shortened season. I know owners that, I mean, that, that, that would create a lot of issues. And there are already CBA issues to begin with, but that's just an interesting thought and something that the NHL does. And that could also be a big help. I, yeah. We haven't even touched on the Olympics. So apologies for that, but yeah, that there's also potential there. And then lastly, the last thing we wanted to mention was that I do think that for MLB teams, another issue is that the minor leagues, the constriction of the minor leagues and having the space to be able to bring one of those players from the million dollar arm competition uh, and, and have them take up a minor league spot when it's just so competitive to begin with and you have a lot less space than you had before. That, that is an issue and that's something to consider. So in this current state, I think that we can come to the summation that in this current state of baseball, attempting to bring in players from Europe, given the state of baseball there and given the current restrictions on the world baseball classic being played and, and other, and, and other initiatives in Europe that it's going to be a long-term project. Absolutely. Um, like, like I said before, it's um, something that comes in steps and you need to start with, I guess you could call it a low risk investment playing baseball games because it, like, you know, in Europe, because I mean, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. It's not like you've built a baseball academy and now you kind of spent, you know, $20 million on a baseball academy and it's just sitting there without any use. Um, you know, I, I don't really think they built major league size stadiums in Europe to play these games. I think they just altered soccer stadiums and, and played those games in there. So I think it needs to start with a low risk investment um, of just playing baseball games, gathering interest in the sport. Um, and then from there, it's a gradual increase in, I almost want to say involvement, input, activity in, the, in Europe, in those countries, uh, the, you know, outside of North America in terms of growing the sport, right? So I think it really starts with playing games and getting people interested and knowing kind of a little bit about baseball. And then from there, it grows. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So with that, thanks for listening to this episode of the America's Pastime Podcast. Hope you enjoyed. This was a bit of a different type of episode than we usually do. We'll be back on our top five right now train in our next episode with our top five center fielders right now. So hope you enjoyed. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.